It's time for Meme Three Sons, the internet's first and only multi-generational podcast. My name is John Randall. Every week, I meet up with my sons, Clay, Quinn, and Sam, to discuss current events, sports, politics, and culture. Let's join this week's conversation. Good afternoon, everybody. It's been a couple of weeks. We took last week off. How's everybody's week gone? Or two weeks, I guess I should say. Pretty good, pretty good. Some things not so good, but... Pretty good, but not that good. (laughs) Is there like a story going along with that? Pretty good. My personal life. Yeah. What's up with the personal life? I know. (laughs) Does anybody have a personal life anymore? I don't think they do. When I say personal life, I mean, you know, the the daily, you know, walk downstairs to the home office and then the walk to the kitchen to get the coffee and the return to the home office. And then the eight hours sitting at the computer before, you know, two beers in bed. That's uh that's the but, personal life at the moment. Not, are that, you a, that is a well-oiled workflow. That so is, you're a that is. you're like a you're a bed beer guy. You're not like a shower beer guy. I'm all of the above, but I love a bed beer. Pr- a literally bed beer. in bed. Oh. I like a bed beer in bed. No way. Yeah, while I eat my IKEA cinnamon roll, shirtless. Oh, what? Using my <laughs> chest as a plate. God, what are you like an otter? You just eat off your <laughs> eat off your stomach. Do you not eat off your stomach? The stomach's there for a reason, okay? Intelligent design, Clay. Use it for its purpose. Honestly, I probably eat standing up more than anything because I like just eat while I'm cooking. So I'll just eat everything standing in the kitchen. So no, I don't use my body as a as a plate or a tray. Missing out, you get some of those oils on there. Compliments. We're, we're, we're glad that you I don't do know not where I'm going with that joke. Anyway, <laughs> Sam, how's your week? Great. Um, you started online school. How's, uh, how's that been? I started high school in the terrible uh, online uh, pandemic season. I'm already tired of virtual school. Mm. Well, at least you can't get like, you know, shoved in a locker or or bullied or anything. Like when we were freshmen, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you could have gotten egged or they would write F on your forehead. So Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, Freshman Friday. Mm-hmm. Freshman Friday. So yeah, no, Clay's was actually really intense because so oh, Clay and I went to the ours same is, uh, Ours is really bad. I, like I think that they used to throw like raw meat at kids. It was, yeah, no, it was like they beat the crap. So on the so first Freshman Friday, Friday would you, would you, would you, like it's like Lord of the Flies high school. Oh no, it was I, I'm sorry. Have you been to public school? <laughs> uh-huh. I go to public school. Yeah, and it was none the of first. That it was the first. Like, it was called Freshman Friday, and you. I mean, I mean, it look, it you know, out of like 500 freshmen, not everybody got bullied or hazed, but you know, a couple of kids. Just a select few. Just the weak select ones. Few. Just yes, the, just the weak ones. ones. Just the piggies of, of isn't that his Lord. name in, in Lord of the Flies? Is it Piggy? Uh, or do they call him Piggy? I think I don't think that was his name. I don't think that. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> so not his given. I don't think that, that was. I don't think that was his. I think they just referred to him as Peggy. Probably, maybe. I, it's also, a- Clay Clay had the like really intense freshman Fridays, but then a new principal came in like you know ten years later. Once I was there, and he was cool. like, not not having it. But so it, they just had to cut down on the violence because kids were just getting shit beat out of them. Like it oh, was yeah. bad. Yeah, was, yeah. So you know, it was like you, you know, all this stuff. Do not do this, this, and this. So everyone in my grade had to get a little bit more creative in how they spurred chaos. So the seniors would go around to freshmen with a bag of zip ties and just zip tie their backpacks to their clothes or like a chair in the cafeteria or like and like ruin their day because if you get zip tied to a chair, 
your, like your ankle or something in a cafeteria, like your, your day is ruined and you have to sit in the cafeteria, you know, miss your class, wait for someone to come cut the zip tie. It's a whole situation. Granny's not getting you. beat Do you up, not learn but, from the experience? Well, you know, you're a freshman, so you're, you're more worried about like getting to your classes on time than being prepared for like a zip tie, uh, uh, you know, attack. Anyway. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen to me. One, I've never been worried about making a class on time in my life. Well, that's Two, a different issue. Yeah, seriously. Does I don't that necessarily that mean that you make the class on time or you just don't care? I just don't care. I'll make the class on time, but it's not number one priority. What is number one What is priority? number one priority? Don't worry about that. <laughs> okay sassy you just abandon there are no priorities how about how about making it on time attending and paying attention and learning those would be some good priorities said the old man yeah get out of here old man Boomer. i don't i don't think Boomer that, giving us your wisdom I, i'm waiting for the uh I, that'll be the latest complaint now uh from the uh from the suburban blowhards there's not enough. We don't have. We can't do, do bullying and hazing with virtual school. This speaking, is speaking. First off, online suburbs. bullying is online bullying is is way harsher than like physical bullying. I mean, you know, outside of getting like your you know your. It's face also way easier to fake. What do you this, mean? This person last year at my school was mad at these two kids, so she had someone um, DM her on Instagram as the two kids. And those two kids got suspended for basically nothing. What did they wait? I kind of like that. I, I, oh, I had some respect for this girl. Yeah, man. She's, Why? She it's like, like a ruined, whole. She made two innocent kids were they? Go, leave were school they, for a week. I mean, they weren't completely innocent. Yeah, but they hadn't yeah. done what she said they did. It's like middle school covert. What did she ops. say that they did? She like, she framed them for cyberbullying. Do you wear clothes when you attend classes, Sam? Huh? Do you do you wear clothes when you attend classes, or how do you rebel? I wear do you just pajamas. like you do? Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you went pantsless as no some sort of some sort of uh, protesting online school. Well, I did that just in normal school, um, but I actually did. Do you remember Clay? Did I ever did I ever show you the the your, your pantslessness? The, well, the, the Instagram video that I posted like senior year of high school that was like making fun of senior year photography. No, I don't think I did. Wait, well, was that it, the one where you were just naked? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, we've all seen that one. There's Look, I've seen a lot of naked Quinn pictures. That was whether, like everyone whether, that is whether, whether you're like with me. laying next to a pool or you're like on a mountain. Mountains great. I have seen mountains too many times. I feel like uh, we need uh, some professional help for Quinn. It's like, what is it? An annual need to produce some sort of naked picture? Oh, I don't think it's annual. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's much more frequent. Bi-weekly. Bi-weekly. Look, you know, sometimes you, know, <laughs> you feel good in your own skin. I guess you gotta free them cheeks. Hashtag free them cheeks. I don't want to. I don't want to bring you down. I don't want to hamper your uh, your confidence. But you know, listen, Dad, you gave me this thumper of an ass, and uh, I just got to show it to the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I uh, I appreciate the gratitude. I suppose. I'm... I think Quinn just. I think we just found a new nickname for Quinn. Thumper. <laughs> thumper. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. Oh, oh good. my goodness. But yeah, um, no, my uh my my week was pretty solid. I did um on was it Wednesday, Tuesday? I went to go watch uh, I've been watching the NBA bubble um playoff games and I went to go watch uh primarily was gonna watch um the Lakers destroy the last remaining hope of the Portland Trailblazers, sadly. Um, but as we all saw, um, the players boycotted. It was a pretty massive event. Um, so I was at a taco mat kind of white. It was, everyone was like looking around like, what's going on? And then like, you know, all the all of our phones buzzed and we were all reading about it. And it just seemed like a pretty crazy event. Um, that happened this week. I think it's uh... – I don't know that boycotts the word I would use. It's like a wildcat strike. You know, what does like, that mean? What's a wildcat strike? Like, you know, so just generated, um, you know, a strike that comes spontaneously, like on the factory floor, as opposed to, okay, the union, we've had a meeting and we're mm, negotiating. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. well, now we're going to call a strike on starting Monday. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like spontaneous. You know what? We're not working. I, I feel like it's kind of... Uh, kind of exciting in that sense yeah i mean i guess it did it seemed a little more organic than i guess like kind of what you just described as like yeah like a player union lockout situation or you know something like that i mean because i the the bucks game was the first the the first one that did it and um i mean obviously milwaukee being in wisconsin and everything going right. on in kenosha and, and being close to that so it was interesting to see how quickly everything followed um i was I had been kind of following that stuff throughout the day with the NBA and I was getting ready to watch the Atlanta United game Wednesday night. They were playing in Miami and I had turned it on and had no clue what was going on. They basically, I, I had multiple like broadcasts going on who were all trying to figure stuff out. So for me, it was really interesting to see, you know, it's one thing in the NBA, they're in this bubble, they're, they're able to kind of communicate and, um, you know, organize a, a little bit easier than, you know, the, the sports landscape across America. So I thought it was really interesting and really, really cool to kind of see, um, see these other leagues um, stand behind the NBA or, or, or stand next to them. Um, um, so the MLB know, I, did eventually, they, they eventually got, they did. There were a lot right? of games going on kind of while it happened. Like the Braves mm-hmm. were playing, Braves were playing. A, a double header to make up a, a, a previously rained out game. So they played in the afternoon and then, you know, you get like a 30 minute break and then you go back into the second game. Um, and I, I had switched over to that after the Atlanta United stuff. Cause I was interested to see how they were handling it. If they're going to talk about anything um, the, the little bit of the game I did watch, I didn't really hear any mention of it, which annoyed me a little bit. Um, yeah, it was kind of didn't seem like there was too much that. acknowledgement. And look, I don't know if that was, you know, I don't know if it's fair to completely criticize those guys are are there to to call a game and to do a broadcast and um and, and maybe they did mention it and I just missed it in the in the you know the the sections of the game that I saw. But um, I was a little frustrated by that. Um, but um, you know, and you know, I was very proud to to see Atlanta, Atlanta United um, kind of take matters in their, their own hands and, and work with Miami and, uh, and figure out a way to come together on the field, take a picture and then kind of collectively say, we're not playing this game. Um, a little frustrated that, you know, the Atlanta Braves didn't get a chance. Not sure that they would have. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, 
I, I was fascinated that there were baseball teams that that did boycott, um, just because that seems pretty pretty out of the ordinary for the oldest sport, you know, the the old man sport of Major League Baseball. So, um, you know, it was nice to see a few teams do that, and obviously, you know, everything kind of went down Wednesday, and then it kind of went into Friday, and then you know by the weekend it was, um, you know, game on again. It's interesting. I think the NBA is like, look at it this way. So they were, I think you can make an argument back in March, you know, it was the NBA that kind of kicked the, Oh, the NBA the in my quarantine is, stuff off. They're, they're, they're all, uh, yeah. Didn't they? Well, so that was because they literally had a player that Rudy Gobert tested positive right. for COVID. So they shut everything down. Um, I mean, then, I think that was the, they were the first, when that that week when everything started um and everything happened pretty quickly because the same yeah. night that they shut down again not to bring it back to soccer but atlanta united was playing in mexico they were playing club america and they everything got canceled literally like right after that game so that was but yeah every and i feel like that was like a tuesday or wednesday it was like a middle of the week it was very kind of similar to like what happened with the with the protest this week where it it happened and then it was just this snowball effect all of a sudden and it it was uh it's very interesting I, to see. I can tie all of it just on the COVID stuff and like just kind of that you said like, oh, it happened in like a week. It was great. You know, I, I, I can mark the start of the COVID period in my memory from one text I received from Clay. It was like eight o'clock. I was like sitting on my couch. I think it was a Sunday or something. And I just get a text from Clay. Dude, Tom Hanks got COVID. And I was like, oh shit, it's real it's, you know, we're, we're in this now. And then after that, it was like, everyone just started, Rudy Gobert got it. All these different people started getting it. Um, well, it's like the NBA called things and the NCA stopped the turn. I mean, at first they were like, no, no, what, no, no fans. fans. And then it was like no games. I mean, it happened very, um, very quickly, very dramatically. I felt like so. Sorry if you guys can hear, but the cat thought it would be a really great time to take a massive dump and uh, clean out her litter box right now. So if if you're hearing weird noises, that would be the cat taking a massive right next to me. So can't wait for that to hit my nostrils. Sorry. That's going to ruminate. That's awesome. That's That's why dogs are superior. I hope that it's, that's not a comment on the quality of our, of our podcast. (laughs) <laughs> well everybody's a critic yeah seriously Eloise. Uh, um no i mean it was a it was a pretty crazy week with that stuff i mean you know i probably said it to jamie enough times she's probably annoyed about how many times i said this is you know i've never experienced anything like this in my life and in, in terms of, of sports it just it felt like a a massive moment um that it was it was kind of wild to see it play out uh live um and then just reading and listening to everybody's reactions and stuff. Like I, I didn't really sleep very well Wednesday night because I just was kind of amped up from everything. Um, I mean, like dad, you're, you know, you're old enough uh, to have experienced, you know, a, a lot of different kind of influential sport moments. I mean, have you seen anything like this? Is there anything out there that kind of reminds you I mean, of, of this? I thought you were going to say I was old enough to remember the 1919 pandemic, but uh, oh no, I was going to go. Actually, didn't. originally I was going to go to 1936 when Jesse Owens uh, <laughs> stood up to Hitler. But. That's right. I always make I always make my Jesse Owens references. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean not like this. Not not with the pandemic, but I think um, you know. I, I mean specifically, like just the the the, the protests of we're you know we're not going to play and 
you know, reason. Well, being, I, I mean, I don't I'll, know if we've ever I'll seen tell that you, I mean, I don't, I wasn't, I wasn't quite old enough to like remember it, you know, in 68, um, with the, um, uh, the three, you know, uh, uh, Olympic team athletes in Mexico city that, you know, had the black glove clenched fist, you know, mm-hmm. um, they got the reaction. It's, it's interesting to look at it. I mean, roundly condemned at the time, right? So 68, a lot of unrest around uh, uh, social justice and racial issues, obviously, in that year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these three guys stand up there. It was two. Two. But it was Tommy one of Smith them didn't, and right? Tommy Smith. One of them didn't, but he wasn't American. I don't remember who he well, I feel like he was from a different country, but there the two go. Americans were Tommy Smith and, and John Carlos. And I feel like right. that they were like, I don't know if they were eventually stripped of their medals or, oh, or, or banned from the Olympics. I mean, they were, yeah. Roundly condemned. I mean, so you, you take that, not exactly at the same time, but in the, in the time frame, you know, you had, um, you had Muhammad Ali or then, you know, changing Cassius his name Clay. from Cassius Clay. Um, and, um, I mean, you read newspaper accounts at the time, and it's just like they refused to to call him by the name, you know, his the name that he took, you know, and just just dismissive and um, and kind of ugly about it. So, I think we're better now. So I have a question in terms of like right a Muhammad Ali in that period, right after. I feel like, and correct me if I'm I'm wrong, but it feels like yeah, you've got your Muhammad Ali's, Jesse Owen, you've got like these little blips of like incredible sports stars, you know, protesting or or, or sending a message or, or using their platform, you know, their voice. But then after that, you've got like you know you more you've got the Tiger Woods and the and the Michael Jordans, you know, and then now I feel like there was a period of time where we saw a dip in maybe the, the ability for players to, to, you know, voice their opinions or just the, their, their willingness to, and you're talking about like, just in, like, with like social issues, racial issues, social stuff issues, like that. Ra- yeah, just, yeah. And then recently in the last, you know, 20 years, and, you know, we're talking about influential moments in sports and in this kind of area um, in, in terms of my life, you know, the first thing that was, I mean, this is, all like running to, together it's a culmination but you know four years ago you've got the Kaepernick thing and I mean that really I feel like has set a wave off over the last four years in terms leading up to something like this um that's given that's kind of given a boost to individuals and players feeling comfortable and and feeling entitled to be like I I you know I have this platform I can use my voice um and I think that's awesome so that you know but I, I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on that period of time, or if there, or if that's just something I I think that is wrong. You know, what 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 do you guys think? What just in terms of, well, you know, I think it's interesting that you bring up someone like like Jordan and Tiger Woods, for example. Um, you know, Jordan was never really outspoken in terms of I don't know social and political stuff. It was always a it was always about basketball. It was always about winning, and that that was kind of it. That's not to say he you know, um, that, that just, I don't know. I don't know if that was his, his priority. Um, now he did, uh, he is basically the, the, the vessel between the owners and the players right now. And then yeah, as the only, as the only black majority owner, um, you know, and he was the one that was speaking to Chris Paul and, you know, LeBron James, Chris Paul, uh, you know, heads up the players association, uh, you know, he, I think he's doing more now probably than, than he ever was, when he was a player, he's also in the position to do that as an owner. Um, 
The Tiger Woods thing I think is different because I think, again, Tiger Woods is not a guy that I've never really heard him openly speak about, you know, social, social justice or, or, you know, or, or politics or anything like that. Again, he was kind of of that Jordan ilk where it's, it's about winning and it's about, you know, live, breathe, eat, sleep, just everything is, is my sport and, and domination and trying to be the greatest. But what Tiger did was bring in a whole new generation um, of fans into golf. I mean, he kind of, I don't, I don't want, I hate to say like broke the color barrier in golf, but I mean, in terms of, you know, a, a dominant, you know, black man in the game of golf. Yeah. That's probably it, a fair point. It, I, 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 I can't even name another black golfer. Um, so I think, you know, obviously, you know, he, you know, him and Jordan weren't doing things like Kaepernick did which is specific to the Black Lives Matter movement and police, police brutality. Um, and, you know, and the NFL botched the hell out of all that. And, you know, most of those owners in Goodell, in my opinion, can all go to hell. And that includes you, Jerry Jones. Um, Isn't that a standing, uh, <laughs> a standing feeling about Jerry? <laughs> Jerry yeah, that's perpetual. Uh, Jerry away. Jones makes it really difficult for me to be a Cowboys fan. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about the Dallas Cowboys. That can't or, be the only thing. <laughs> no it it is it is it is look they you know i'm used to the losing it's been the last 26 years so jason I'm, garrett I'm is kind of the cherry on top of the cherry yeah well jason garrett i mean now, god so. you couldn't represent more of a ugh, i don't know i mean i'm sure he's a decent guy but god talk about the ultimate white dude jason garrett and his damn <laughs> clapping on the sideline anyways we're i'm getting off topic i you know i, I don't know i I'll tell you who you're leaving out in this, in this shift. I mean, and I think there's a lot of factors that, that, that come to bear on, on what you're kind of seeing in sports. But the, so you talk about, you know, uh, uh, Tommy Smith and, and John Carlos in 68 and Ollie in the late sixties, you know? And so there, there was a lot of divisiveness. It's like you, what you, you guys don't remember. So, cause you're all into UF, UFC and MMA and all I'm this. I'm not into that. It's like but there was a time when boxing mm -hmm. was, I mean, you looked forward to like, you know, these the big great fights, fights. Yeah. in the seventies. Um, so, you know, had Ali, you had Frazier, you had Foreman, and then, you know, we'll, we'll throw Ken Norton in there too. I don't want to leave Ken Norton out, but primarily, you know, Ali and Frazier. So like you look at the Ali and Frazier rivalry and it's like, you know, Frazier became the, uh, he wasn't so anti-Vietnam War. I mean, I don't think he was like pro-Vietnam War, but he wasn't as adamant uh, against the war as Ali. But, you know, people used both their fighters to advance their you know, positions. Like so people became huge Frazier fans, not because, um, not because they liked Joe Frazier, mm -hmm. but like as an anti, you know, Ali thing. So you had all these, you know, white guys going, oh yeah, we like Frazier because of his politics, which is ridiculous. And then so Frazier, you know, very unfairly, he gets like labeled this uncle Tom mm. and, you know, and I mean, even Ali did that to a certain extent, but I think that was a part of Ali's, you know, mental game. Sure. I think that um, was, yeah. Part of that, but, that, that competitive back and forth. So you've got all that. And then you guys want to go Tiger Woods and, and Jordan is kind of the, Hey, we're not going to make any waves. We're just going to play our sport. But the first guy right on the cusp of the late 60s, the first great black, you know, superstar that um, 
that was like super popular with white people because he didn't make any waves. OJ Simpson. OJ Simpson. Bingo. Oh, yeah, I totally Bingo. Yep. Um, you know, you contrast him with something like Jim Brown, but oh, Jim Brown's. I love Jim Brown. Sorry. Jim Brown. I mean, but Jim Brown wasn't like super radical, but he pretty radical. I mean, I mean against women, time. but yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. 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 There's a there's a clip. Just here's a quick segue for y'all to go check. There's a clip. Um, I can't remember what the show's called. It's some some white dudes like late night talk show in the late 50s um but there's a there's a an excerpt of the you know horrible trump-esque uh segregationist governor that ruled in georgia was it mayor of atlanta or was it governor of georgia dad lester maddox lester maddox was the governor governor so he after his term and after he's kind of fallen from his his power but he's still like a He's got he's a segregationist voice, right? He goes on this talk show um, and is like sitting next to Jim Brown and like, you know, raving about segregation. And basically, Jim Brown just like I mean, slaughters him. Like him. he's just like cool, calm, and funny as like he's just making little quips and being very measured about how he t- and you know Lester Max just loses his mind and it's just a great clip and then lester max eventually like storms off the stage and then the like the host has to go off and like be like no come no please come no we didn't mean to offend like baby him you know and then like let him come back out and finish his his thing but he's all it's it's very it's very good clip anyway Uh, i think but i think what what fundamentally has changed and no one i'm sure someone has written about this i'd like to i'd like to see it covered more uh, I mean, so yeah, you had the less dramatics and you had the people, you know, back then who hated Ali and criticized the Olympic athletes for, you know, uh, very innocuous protests. Um, you know, and today you still have a little bit of that. You have the, the shut up. Oh, I think you absolutely still have that. I think you, I think, yeah. And I didn't mean to cut you off dad, but I mean, let's no. take a, let's take a look at, at, let's take a look at football for an example what is one of the, the most divisive things in football, right? The quarterback position, pocket passer versus dual threat. What does that mean? Right. Yeah. You know I mean, mean? It's, it's how long did it take? Name the first, name the first black uh, quarterback to win a Super Bowl in what year? Doug Williams in the, what would that be? Like, like 88, something like that. So, and irony, Doug Williams was not, uh, What's the phrase? He was not super athletic. He was not an athletic quarterback. I mean, mm-hmm. he he threw the long ball. I mm-hmm. mean, so it's but even but then, like that stuff that still credit. goes on to this day. I mean, look what God. I mean, go back and look what they were saying about Lamar Jackson coming out of college. Well, he can't. He's not. You know, is the football IQ there? You know, he he oh he's a, he's a run first. He you know, I mean, it's just that stereotypical BS of well, okay, well, black quarterbacks are athletic and have a cannon for an arm and can run. But when it comes to football IQ and precision passing and leadership, like that's absolute horseshit. It's coded. Um, it's just coded rate. Totally. Race it, it language, is, it which is. I believe um, we covered a little bit in a, uh, in a previous episode. episode. Yeah. We plug our, I think that's episode four or five or something. But here I tell you is I think the fundamental difference from when I was younger, more, more, more Sam's age, it's the economics of sport that have fundamentally changed um i think you know you think back to the late 60s early 70s like okay so when i was a kid um you know unless you were just like a star on the cowboys unless you were like roger staubach if you were like an offensive lineman or just a a journeyman defensive player 
-hmm. like a lot of those guys in the 60s like they had to work in the off season you know selling appliances at sears um you had i mean teams essentially owned a player right i mean you never the notion of free agency that was when did free agency actually start late 80s early 90s i'd have to look and see but But it was a it was a very different world and so it was you know um ownership dominated so you had the you know you kind of had to go well maybe i shouldn't say anything because my job might be on the line right sure well flash forward to today i feel like um uh uh LeBron James and most of the NBA players, most of the NFL players, I mean, they dominate the the economic equation. And you've absolutely seen a shift, and it's something that the NFL is absolutely terrified of. I mean, who holds who holds the power in the NBA? It's the players. The yeah. NFL is terrified, absolutely terrified. The owners, all these old liver-spotted owners are all Ooh, completely – terrified of of players having the power i'm sorry jerry people don't show up to see you in your helicopter okay exactly. they come up, they, they they show up to see and i'm sure some racist uh, fans don't in texas um don't come dak ain't my quarterback they come to see dak they, they come to see zeke they come to see a dominant offensive line they'd like to maybe see a decent defense uh one of these one of these days we'll see what happens there but it's players it's exactly. players well, I think you're seeing it, um, you know, and so people have, um, people of my generation, I think sometimes, I mean, I don't want to speak for every 50-something-year-old dude, but I think, I don't think they like the fact that the players are in control. Absolutely um, not. Absolutely and, I th- not. and where you see it most, where you see it most is now with college. Oh, yeah. Sure. Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, they're getting a free education and they're getting <laughs> cool. They get the cool swag, they get the cool sweatpants, and they get a free meal. And they should just, you know, they should, they should take that. That's all. They don't need to make money. It's, it, you know, it's, but, but the reality of it, and this, I think it highlights it is meanwhile, so, they're making millions upon right. millions of dollars for these universities. They're making even more for the NCAA for sponsorships. Well, and, I mean, it's, and, it's insane. That's what you're seeing now. I mean, so if we don't have a college football season, which I don't think we're going to. Oh, I think it'll start. Or even if we have it, it's very limited. Yeah, that's right. Um, name the teams. Oh, I forgot about that. Austin P and uh, Central uh, Arkansas. I didn't know Ooh. the second team. Mm, barn burner right there. I didn't, I should have <laughs> watched, but I, I didn't want to. But I'll tell you, so those schools notwithstanding, uh, the Alabamas, the Georgias, most of these SEC schools, it's like if there is no season, who really gets hurt? I mean, there was this notion that these players were getting this like a free ride with their free education, right? But it's like the players aren't going to be hurt. Well, unfortunately, the universities are going to be financially devastated. They're going to bleed. And in a a lot of cases, smaller schools, it means no athletics across the board. Their, Their athletic department is gone. And it means, you know, paying for, for actual academic, uh, you know, part of part of schooling, it's it's gone. For me, I think it's completely flawed, uh, flawed system. I mean, why should somebody who's going to you know the University of Alabama? I mean, is Alabama still a university, or are they? Sorry, um, if you're going to a school to not play football and you don't care about athletics, why is your education and your well-being determined by uh, you know 
what the football team's record is and how much 100%. revenue is pulled in. Right. Well, that's I, I get that that I get that that's how it works, but that's it's first off, I mean, college athletic, in my opinion, is is about to die. Like, I mean, we're a few years away from a completely massive shift, and I feel like we've got to kind of look at how things are done um, across the world in terms of amateur professional athletics. I mean, Quinn's Quinn's you know boy toy right now is Luca Luca Doncic, and he has he signed his first professional contract at 13 years old. He's playing for Real Madrid. Sam, in you're, you're you're two years off uh, off the schedule, then, man. Come on. Yeah, come on, Sam. No professional. Uh... Where's your jump shot right now, Sam? <laughs> well, I could have been a professional soccer player if Quinn hadn't hit me in the face and knocked me over with a soccer ball. Wait, when, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. First off, I want to know when this happened, and then I also want to know why you still can't be a professional soccer player just because you got you got hit in the face once with this. Okay, arm. well here's here's the story. So <laughs> it's like it's little league soccer. I'm like three, maybe four, and I I'm at my first game. I'm all excited. Mm-hmm. And then Quinn's like now, hold on the uh, ball let me inter- he tries to let me interject. So it took you know little three and four year old kids, they're not always the most enthusiastic and and so we playing we, soccer at like eight o'clock in the morning well, on a but, Saturday. Right. So, but we have, you know, and, and, and Sam, would it be fair to say you, you're not like, you're not an aggressive, he was not an aggressive kid. He's like a little, little chill, a little laid back. So we had him pumped up, man. He was excited. He was ready to go. So he's out there on the field. He's got his little shin guards and his socks yeah. and his shorts. <sighs> he's looking good. You know, he, it, 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 it looks like one of those scenes, you know, with the warmups and he, he, he's looking comfortable. Mm-hmm. So, meanwhile, Quinn, who's, I don't know, 12, 13 years old, maybe at the time. I don't know, right? I'm stretching out. I'm warming up on the field. He's, I got, a, I got an eight-year-old why is, soccer wait, ball. Why is Quinn on the he's, field? He's out there with it. He's out there with it. You know, he's just kind of hanging out. He's tapping the balls around a little bit, kind of helping the kids warm up. So, I just wanted to picture – I want you to picture the scene in your mind's eye. All right? So, confident Sam, at which point, <laughs> Quinn – I winded up and and let me tell y'all guys, I'm not the most coordinated, not the most athletic of the family, but for one moment, my my hips lined up and I, I hit a soccer ball at speeds. I don't think anyone's seen before. I think it was, I think it was Pele. It was uh, like, if someone had like clocked that thing, like, I'd be in a beautiful, like a beautiful curve. It oh, had an so you like, you like so, bent it and everything. Oh, I bent it and everything. Granted, I missed the child size goal I was aiming for. It it curved past the goal, and when it made contact with the side of Sam's face, before his neck moved, before anything moved, his body just turned parallel to the ground. Like it was a cartoon. It was ridiculous to watch. And this all played out in slow motion because like I said, guys, this moment for me clicked where I had this athletic prowess and I was perceiving time at a different, a different, you know, scale. And so I'm watching this ball just sail towards Sam's head as he's got a rocking confident smile. He's feeling good. And then, yeah, no, he just hits the ground so hard uh, and yeah he did not play soccer that day uh, oh, very that, just, that was my equivalent of clay getting hit in the mouth with a baseball yeah. i mean it, i've it, never it, been hit in the feet, mouth with a baseball thing flew into the air yeah I mean, when I his shoulder his little parallel yes. his little body and the jersey that was probably a, a little bit too big because yeah you know, little you know, little kid athletics it's just like here throw this giant shirt on 
So, yeah, pretty well, much. Same, did you play for the rest of the season at least? Yeah. I mean, I played for the, I, I played for a couple seasons like after that. But what position? You midfielder? You winger? I, I think when you're, when you're, yeah, when you're that young, they're all you're just, just one of the around. bumblebees that are just chasing the ball around. Pretty much. Yeah, there's no it's coordination. always fascinating to me that like little, they, you know, you always start little kids out with like soccer and, and baseball, like two very difficult sports to like <laughs> completely understand at an early age. Like, I mean, I don't know, just like the hand-eye coordination it takes to actually like throw a ball, catch a ball, hit a ball in baseball. And then soccer, like, is such a strategic game in terms of, you know, your formations and where you line up and like the rule, like, it's just always so funny that we like throw kids out into these sports before actually like teaching them really the, the rules or the concepts. And then we get pissed when they're like, they're not doing it right. It's like, well, <laughs> they're four. I always love, there's nothing more, uh, humorous to watch than a, a fully grown man trying to explain to like a five-year-old that you've got to kick the ball where he's going to be. Like, and there's just like oh, the yeah. looks on little kids' faces going, <laughs> what? Well, God, what? it gets even, it gets even more depressing when like, yeah, they do that for soccer and baseball and that's pretty mainstream. But the saddest is when you're going to like children's wrestling events in Bologna, oh. Georgia <laughs> And oh, you no. see like a seven-year-old with a purple mohawk and his 400-pound father in a Grateful Dead like cut-off tee with, a, and, with like a jean jacket that says militia on the mohawk. back of it. Yeah. He's and like, he sorry guys, I'm late. I just got back, back from bike week from Myrtle. So uh, <laughs> I just cruised in to, to see little John. You know, he's got like his ex two wives, you know, his, his two ex-wives are there with, you know, each of the kids that belong to them. Mm -hmm. right. And they're all wrestling yes, and he's just screaming like, kill him. Get, you know, take him, take him down. You know, just like it's not even like learn these core principles of soccer or the technical. It's not mm -hmm. learn. It's like go murder that. It's kid beat the, over there. Beat the yeah. shit out of that other child. It's like really, it was really I messed mean, up. I remember going to your wrestling matches, Quinn, and I remember just being like, "This is this is some Mad Max shit. Like this is <laughs> this is like welcome." Literally, when you have to pay the five dollars, and then the like the little you know obese country woman's like, "Okay, well, welcome to the Thunderdome. Uh, just take a left right there," and then you walk in, and it's just this like you know, escape from New York, escape from LA, post-apocalyptic John Carpenter situation where people are like kids are, are fighting in very revealing uh, outfits to do. Like, let's change the, yeah, let's no, change we, the outfits a little bit. Let's change the uniform. It's always the grandmothers that got me, you know, at these wrestling, wrestling things you'd see. What was that now? Wrestling? Wrestling. Yeah, I think that's how you say your Texan was showing. That's my father right there. That's my, that's my dad. Oh. That was the grandmothers. You know, they're sitting there all quiet. But then all of a sudden, you know, they stand up and start calling for the blood of another child. It's like, <laughs> oh no! That and the t-shirts always. The, the concession t-shirts were always awesome. You know, there's like, oh yeah, super, uh, super sportsmanship uh, uh, messages. You know, on uh, on these shirts. One of my favorites, the reoccurring one, was like. Uh, let me pin you while I hang out with your girlfriend. It was like weird stuff, like emasculating things like that. Like I'm going to take your girlfriend on a date and then beat you at wrestling. I'm like, going to basically, you, I'm going to pin you and then I'm going to cuck you too. Like, Oh my <laughs> God, sir. That's yeah, we're going to have to bleep a lot in Sorry. this episode. <laughs> weird. That's that, I think, but yeah, you know, wrestling, you know, despite the, um, sometimes not so tasteful, uh, fan base, 
was an awesome sport and you know it's kind of all the options i had because most people do baseball or soccer and and like like sam i had you played you know, football so i played football well yeah but i'm five seven so that wasn't did you that actually really... play football or... i played o-line at four foot eight in like yeah, eighth I mean, grade it was it was, it was no ridiculous um but no wrestling's great foot but partially i do want to bring this up clay i don't know if you remember but akin to my devastating uh, blow to Sam's head, um, when I was a child, you you left your mark on me with a wiffle ball. Do you remember this? Do you? Maybe a little bit. I, or did you repress I, this horrible memory? Because what Clay did was, I actually don't even remember the context. All I remember is being an innocent child, having an interest in a sport that my brother loved. And uh, when I tried to play a game of wiffle ball in the backyard with my him- God, uh, the guilt. You know, I, I was expecting a lob down the middle, and, and he gave me a 90-mile-an-hour curveball to my right eye. All right, first off, <laughs> no, apparently, apparently you were concussed, too, because you do not remember the story correct at all. I remember the pain. Okay, this is what happened. I was playing wiffle ball in the backyard with you and Dylan, okay? You were pitching, and I was it was my turn to, to, oh, to hit. Oh, I do remember now, now. when I would play you guys in wiffle ball, I would hit left-handed, you know, to go easy on you. Also, the way <laughs> that the backyard was structured, I like hitting left-handed because I could I could launch it over the house, and I, you know what I mean? I, I, mm -hmm. I could use that as like a, a, a green monster. So you threw the wiffle ball, and I swing, you know, swung and hit a line drive, and it hit you straight in the eye. And what was more terrifying than that was the fact that your very blue eyes uh, changed color. So green, didn't like, a, like some sort of Siberian husky, you ended up with one blue eye and one green eye for a, for a short period of time. Um, it turned back. It was, yeah, it, did turn, it would have been cool if it stayed. Cause I really like, hope that's not the reason you're colorblind. I don't think it works like okay. that. Okay. Um, it probably didn't help with the general vision. And I do have like Bitcoin, one of my blind. eyes is worse than the other. So I'm sure I could pin you on a little bit of that, but you know, but anyway, um, you know, we've talked a lot about, uh, about sports and, and some of the more traumatizing sports moments. Do we want to, do we want to head for a more positive tone? Maybe, you know, have, have know. we had any positive, have any positive sports? sports moments? Well, none, none that involved me doing the sport, but I do have one, uh, one memory where we were in Texas, actually, and the Cowboys are our, our Cowboys who have disappointed us so many times where I believe in the first or second week of the playoffs, which is rare, very rare. And they were playing the Seattle Seahawks. Wasn't the playoffs. Was it not? Oh no! It was a. Was it? Was it to? It was get, like game. Oh gosh! It was like game I don't know. It was like game, or something. No! 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 It, it was like it towards was, the end. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was. It was mid to later half of the season. I'll have to look up this exact date. Tell your. Tell your story. I'll find the exact. I just date. know our entire our entire like section of Texas family was huddled in a garage watching it. And it was like we were going against Russell Russell Wilson on the Seahawks and like the le you know the Legion of Boom. So it was like we're not going to win this game, but we were like putting up an awesome fight. We ended up it was like a crazy game. I think it ended with like a Dez pass and a touchdown, which is always awesome. And uh, we won the game, and it was just it was awesome. It was a great. It was just one of those you know awesome sports memories. Are you googling? Are you? Sad, that saddens me. Why does that sadden you? Because like your favorite cowboy memory. It was 2014. Is, is us winning like a kind of meaningless game in a season? No, 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 no. It was, no. it was it was meaningful. It was a very meaningful game. Um, that was the year Demarco Murray won the rushing title, That's and he had was. like 
I don't even remember. He had like eight straight games with like a hundred yards. I mean, he was, he was crushing it. We really Um, beat the CTE into that back. That was, we, we ran him like a million times. That's one of the last few times Tony Romo could actually do something without breaking his back. So yeah. And that was another thing. It was on the end of Tony Romo career. And it was like, maybe we can, maybe this could be like a last. So that was the know. season that we ended up losing to the Packers, I believe. In that the game, I, that game sucked. Was that the one with the weird rule call? Where yeah, Dez, that was like, the, the, the no the catch. The catch, no catch. That, even see, that's Dez one of the worst the memories. Which was like on a fourth down. And they yeah, went it was down at the, the end of the game. Oh, it was, was such an amazing. That was that catch that was awesome and it, it, it was follow it followed, they literally changed the rule it followed after a, what, that what was the what was our receipt i think he's still is it tarrant no that was des that was, was des, des that Brian. caught that no des, des caught that but before on that terrence drive williams. terrence williams first off terrence williams Oklahoma caught everything City. with his body like uh, terrence will he could i know not but i'm saying his he, hands. he this man caught a like 30 40 yard pass on the edge of you know, on the edge of the uh, field, and they just went out of bounds. And like I said, it was like an awesome like drive. And then Dez caught that, and they just cut the momentum with that stupid rule, and we lost the game. And it was very. Now we're back on sad sports moments, but yeah, that's that's most of the Cowboys' memories for me. That's your whole. That's like your whole life is just <laughs> you know. Well, so I'll say this about what that game. I mean, it, it was a big game because Seattle had won the Super Bowl the year before. So we beat Seattle, and I feel like it was in Seattle. Uh, so you, you, they beat the defending Super Bowl champs in Seattle, like 30 to 23. And, yeah, DeMarco had over 100 yards, and Dez had a great game, and Roma had a great game. So I understand that being kind of an influential moment for Quinn. It is sad that they, you know, didn't really actually win anything that year. So, But you know what? But that – that perfectly represents what it uh, means to be a Cowboys, Cowboys fan. <laughs> but see, I have a totally different perspective, though. Sure, because you've experienced five Super Bowls in your life. <laughs> I have, like, I have memories of actually. You've experienced eight Super Bowls, five of five of which they actually won. Yes, exactly. No, hold on, eight total. Mm-hmm. So eight, I think that's right. Well, I'll tell you this. So they lost to the Colts they lost to the right. Baltimore well, Colts and they lost to the Steelers twice that's the uh, uh they beat they beat they beat the Dolphins they beat the Broncos they beat the Bills twice, twice and then they beat the and Steelers, the Steelers once. once so yeah but so my perspective is very different but I, I mean so I remember I grew up obviously you know as a, as a Cowboy fan and and my dad was a big fan like from from like their first season a fan G season ticket holder so he had to like watch 10 years of frustration, the ice bowl and all this, but then he got to see, you know, a Super Bowl. So you're, you, you guys are like 20 years into like nothing, but at least Clay, you remember some, but my, so here's my, but here's the memory that really is funny when you talk about like sports memories it's from a kid. The one that popped into my head um, is the, uh, what Super Bowl was it? And they played the Colts. Uh, Who? The Cowboys and the Colts. Uh, what Super Bowl three? It's three or four. I don't they know. The, 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 they lost a, on a field goal, or did they miss Six, the field goal? Sixteen to thirteen. I can't remember the exact details yeah. of the game, but it is sports trivia question here. It is the only. I think it's still the only, but it was for, was for the longest time the only game, and I think it still is the only game where the losing a player from the losing team won the MVP. won the MVP. Yeah, I think it probably still is the the. They don't do that anymore. I don't think but so, do. so here's here's the thing. So, um, so that game goes off and they lose, right? And so you're just devastated. Well, it's like Poppy, 
got us all um, programs from the Super Bowl, right? So we, I had like mm-hmm. a, a Super Bowl program from from that game, and um, which I promptly took. And you know, they'd always have the the players that have everybody like a little yearbook picture of every every player. So all of the Colts, I don't know where this this I'm sure has been thrown away, but I wish I had it now so I could show it to you. I then proceeded for that whole week to in great detail um, black out the eyes and draw like oh, I love cut it. cut throat open you know wounds on all of the pictures of the Colts players. I was so uh, so desecrated that, that I had to program. I had to, yes I had to like completely desecrate my uh, uh, my Super Bowl uh, program. But no, I mean I've had I. I got nothing but good memories. I mean, I've gotten to watch. You remember the good memories. You're not I've gotten like to watch who... five Super Bowl victories for my pro football team. I've gotten to see uh, One, the Braves two. go yeah. do a ton of things. Three at least. Well, let's look. first off, the Braves uh, have done a ton of things. They've won one. The Braves only won one World Series after winning the division 14 straight years. Don't get me started on that, but right. But I mean, I had the fortune. To, like, I had just moved to Atlanta when the the famous the the, the play at home against the Pirates. You know, Braves win. Worst of first. And I'm yeah, I'm I'm like downtown. Um, uh, you know, it's like what do you do? You go out and the people are in the street. I mean, so you got a lot of. I got a lot of good memories, but uh, you know. Mine's nothing. Mine's nothing. But uh, but I, I think Quinn and and Sam they've got. Uh, yeah, Sam. What do you have? What well, are your sports memories? Do you have any good ones? See, Other than the soccer you one. Say that. Well, I've not been alive very long. I've only, I've seen my football team go to one Super Bowl and lose. I've seen my baseball team go to a World Series, cheat, and still lose. Who's your Astros. Well, they ended up winning one, so but they are cheaters. They 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 won the one they tried in, and then lost the one they cheated in. So that's how it goes. It's a loss in And NC State hasn't won anything for a long time. But the one the one good NC State moment I do have is like a couple of years ago. We've got a new coach, and somehow we managed to get like the number one point guard in the country, and. We're we're up against Duke, and now Duke is like ranked mm. one or two. It's Duke, and yeah. Duke in basketball, you've got Duke, Carolina, kind of rivalry, both good teams, and NC NC State is kind of their punching bag. But this is one game where it's been close the entire game, and it's like two or three seconds left in the game. We're down by one. So, um, Dennis Smith. The our, our point guard at the time. I love that you know so, his name. I was waiting on it. And so, uh, the Duke, one of the Duke players, they score. We're now down by one, and um, so Dennis Smith gets the rebound, barrels down the court, just leaves everyone behind him, dunks, um, buzzer goes off, and we win the game by one. Damn, that's an odd. That is an awesome game winner. I mean, look, anytime you can beat Duke. Yeah, do it. Just screw Duke. Just yeah, that, now. That, that's where the Cowboys are, though. See? That's like that's where the Cowboys are. Your aspirations is not to win a championship, just to beat in one game a champion. That 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 you know, that's kind of yeah, sad. Yeah, that seems about right. But it is a great moment. The thing about basketball versus football is you can have those um you can have great games just single standout 
great games. Whereas football, I don't know. I don't feel a single game doesn't do it for me always. But that's just me. Yeah, I agree with I agree with that. I think it. I mean, again, I think it's all you know depends on the team, depends on you know who they're playing. It it depends on the storylines surrounding it. I think so. Yeah, I agree with that. What about you, Clay? Have you narrowed? Have you parsed your infinite collection of sports memories down? Okay. Well, I mean, look, I could sit here. I could sit here and talk. Clearly, I've absorbed more sports than than probably all of you guys combined and that's i'm still working on uh i'm working with that addiction we're, we're trying to figure that out but um oh i don't know i mean i i guess i'll mention a few things that weren't related necessarily to my teams um because you know growing up kind of in the 90s and 2000s i got to see some pretty amazing things you know i've seen uh you know, Tiger Woods come onto the scene. Not that I'm a huge golf fan, but Tiger Woods was a, you know, cultural phenomenon, his first masters, you know, uh, the, the, you know, the, the multiple comeback masters that he's, that he's kind of won over the years. Um, you know, in the nineties being a massive baseball fan and playing baseball, the, the, uh, summer of 98 was a, uh, was a pretty big one when Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire were doing the home run chase. Um, a little tainted now since the fact that they are both completely roided out uh douchebags but um no i shouldn't say douchebags but uh cheaters sorry um but, but you know that was that was huge. are they are they are they both kind of jerks no 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 i don't i i shouldn't have said that they're i don't i don't think so at all um, we'll say i don't think steroids helps your your like general mood so i'm sure they're not the most no but i don't think i've never kind. heard anything about you know anything like like mcguire's body literally broke down a couple years after oh, that you know what i mean that was just steroid stuff but i mean that was that was massive and that was coming off of i mean it was still you know what three or four years later uh but coming off the major league baseball strike which almost ruined the sport so you know that was that was huge um you know, we had the Olympics in 96. That was amazing to kind of be a part of in, in, in my home city. Um, of course, all the Michael Jordan moments. You know, I remember the flu game. I remember his last jump shot against Utah to uh, to win his sixth NBA uh, championship. I don't really think about the Washington Wizard years. Um, you know, those are... <sighs> Those are massive see. moments. I mean, I got to watch Michael Phelps win, you know, oh, every Michael Phelps. I saw the medal imaginable. You know, Quinn won't remember this. Um, again, one of these kind of random games, wild card playoff game, I, the Music City Miracle between Buffalo and Tennessee. Tennessee eventually goes on to go to the Super Bowl and loses to the Rams, which turned out to be the greatest show on turf. The Rams were unstoppable uh, in, in that era and ended up getting upset by a, a plucky upstart team uh, called the New England Patriots, which started their dynasty run. So, you know, like that was amazing. Um, some amazing college football games um, watching what Appalachian state beat Michigan. I can't remember what year that was, but in the big house, Alabama's, that was, uh, that was massive. Um, you know, Boise state beating Oklahoma in the Fiesta bowl with, with the statue of Liberty play uh, Vince young in Texas winning a national championship under Mac Brown against USC. And that, that Matt Leinart, Reggie great, Bush, greatest, team, which was greatest game, college game, ever greatest college football game of all time. Absolutely. I, I would agree. Um, so I've seen a lot of stuff, you know. Yeah, um, that's how you just list it off. Quite the you know, array. It, 
yeah of individual moments and also like <laughs> dynasty so, but, i mean there's i don't know there's hundreds of more of that stuff because i'm the guy that can i, I keep up with yeah, some sports so i can I'm, put something on the tv i can i can i know the storyline i know why it matters i know why it's important that this player scored the touchdown i know why it was important that this player missed the tackle or hit the jump shot like it it just it clicks for me i don't know why but uh yeah personally you know and I still remember exactly where I was in all these places, but uh, 95 World Series, uh, the Braves winning the 95 World Series, sitting on the floor of our Holcomb's Crossing townhome, uh, the Dallas Cowboys beating the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl. We were at a friend's house. I don't know whose house it was, Dad. They had a husky. Or they had some sort of big dog. <laughs> um, but I, I remember I watching that with them. You guys also ended up watching – different time but watched the john candy film canadian bacon with those people i don't i don't that's a very random memory yeah, so uh, i say really i have uh, no <laughs> recollection maybe um, you're between you and you're and sam's i'm i've yeah we got i got some y'all's breathless things. accounts i'm feeling a little embarrassed about it's, my super yeah, Bowl program story sports sports stuff um you know, I've gotten to see North Carolina win, you know, uh, uh, you know, a few national championships uh, on the court. I think the 90, not the 90, excuse me, the 2005 one was, was pretty memorable. We watched that over at, right. uh, at the, at the condo. And I remember driving back uh, and just had Carolina uh, in my mind, just on just repeat, just like looping, looping, looping on the way back home. That was a good um, you know, Atlanta United winning their their championship, winning MLS Cup their second year. That was that was massive. Um, so yeah, there's been you know there have been some pretty pretty cool moments. Um, we almost had one last year, didn't we, Quinn? With UNC almost upsetting Clemson, oh, riding the line. Ride the line. Did we ever tell you that story? No. Clay so, was just being moody. He was like, "We're gonna lose." No, and I was like, "You know what, Clay? You need to you need to buckle up." Because so first off, we're game, getting ready we gotta... for a wedding. We were getting ready for a wedding. <laughs> oh, and... I forgot we're going to the wedding. Yeah, see, you don't even you, <laughs> you don't even know these stories. We're getting ready for a, a wedding, and we're watching the game. And Quinn, you know, has all this optimism, and I'm like, dude, I think you know, I think the program's on the uptick. Mac Brown's coming back, but like, look, realistically, we are not going to beat clemson you know what i mean they, they're they're the best team in the country and uh, i was like look we're just we're gonna have to ride the line like it's just it, it's gonna be Revive. a very we gotta ride the line and then all of a sudden there's this this deep pass you know down the sideline from sam howe <laughs> runs into the end zone and then there's just quinn screaming we're riding it we're riding it <laughs> that is our uh right in the line we're right in the line that is kind of that's our like uh that is our our sports chant with each other <laughs> we're riding it we're riding it uh so yeah it was a good night though I and mean, we uh, you know we ended up losing but i uh, it was a, it was a great game and i introduced quinn to uh to scotch that night so oh yeah the glenn love it i remember that surprisingly i'm a well, scotch <laughs> funny yeah i came back yeah Quinn turned into it like never had before and then like an hour later he's just like walking around as if he's some sort of scotch connoisseur i'm a scotch guy yeah (laughs) i would listen i was in a suit at a wedding drinking scotch it felt pretty good like he was was 20 years old i was feeling feeling pretty hot that's funny that's funny well i've got a so here's the thing that just occurred to me Mm -hmm. so Clay and Sam, y'all are like the exact same fans. When you start on your like 
Eeyore approach to okay, Carolina no, football. I you sound exactly. Approach. Okay. You sound like Sam with basketball. It's like with NC State. It's like desperate to have them do well, but just a pervasive bad attitude about your to team. To me, it sounds like Sam knows what's up. Sounds like he he's he's realistic, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Exactly. <laughs> nothing well, wrong with being realistic. Uh, well, because it just makes the good moments all that better. If I, you don't I expect would agree it. with that. I would agree with that. Again, not the same person. Uh, well, I, here's my question for you guys, because this is something that I despise, and I did mm-hmm. see if you all d- despise it as much as I do, or if you like it, whether you're out of the will. Um, fantasy sports. Mm, okay. Fantasy leagues. I'm not a fantasy sports person. I will say the first time I ever played fantasy football was me and a group of friends tried in like fifth grade. Um, now, back then, y'all, you had to actually do everything like yourself. You had the magazine, you had the point system, and you'd have to do all the math to do it. I think we lasted 30 minutes before we were like, yeah, we can't. Do-. I think we drafted our players and then never played. Um, Pre-internet fantasy league. It was pre-internet fantasy league, and yeah, a bunch of nine and ten-year-olds trying to trying to figure that out. Um, I'm I'm not really a fantasy. I mean, I I I have participated in fantasy football the last three years, but I, I I'm basically like a ghost account. I I have a friend who who has a work league, and I play for him, uh, because he doesn't. He'll self admittedly doesn't really care or know what he's doing so i i just kind of handle his team for him um so but, but but that's the extent for for my for my fantasy football i don't do fantasy baseball or basketball or fantasy soccer or, um i don't do multiple fantasy football leagues um yeah so all right you're in the will okay so um that's a scary way to segue into the conversation dad um but you know i'm gonna be honest here um, lie I- just lie quinn so you can get in the will that's fine. I'll be all right. Ride that line. Ride the line. <laughs> um, no, I, I, so I liked fantasy. I've never done any fantasy, anything but football, but I liked fantasy football and yeah, I didn't have to do the, you know, to calculate anything. It was just, it was a, the, the draft process is fun. And also if you get like, I only did, I did it in middle school, like around seventh, eighth grade. And we, we did it all three years in middle school with a close group of friends that I had they all lived in the same neighborhood so it's like i'd go over there and we'd all meet at one of the friends house in the cul-de-sac and we'd have a whiteboard and we'd be all have our laptops out and you know you do a virtual draft with each other and then like one guy always does like terrible picks and you make fun of them and you know it's, it's a good it's a good time are you describing oh, the league the television no, show the league or is that's this what you that's why that show is so awesome is because mm-hmm. that's you know it's just it's another social avenue uh, to enjoy show. sports so if you're going to be if you're going to be have some animosity towards it understand that you're you're uh you're you're discour you're di- being is discouraged yeah discouraging i don't know why that sounded weird in my head for saying discouraging friendly social avenues in sports i will say and this is my league my most league-esque story involving fantasy is every year to decide draft order obviously if you were if you had won you got your pick at the draft order but then the remain and you also got to pick out challenge to decide the draft order and so we would always come up with like like one year it was we all drank a half gallon of milk and started running and then whoever puked last would get the top pick 
and that I, went. I hear I hear they're going to do that to, instead of the coin toss now for the Super Bowl. Well, that's and no, listen, Dad. That's how crazy the, would that be? When they bring the XFL back for the third time, that's actually <laughs> how they're going to how they're going to do it. Which, right. which you know, The Rock owns now. Dwayne Johnson bought the XFL for fifteen million dollars. Really? He didn't buy. That's didn't buy actually a, team. a great. He bought the league. Didn't buy, it, buy a team. For the XFL he bought the entire league for fifteen million dollars. That might prove to be a good investment. I it's think going it to be. Actually, and also, I think it will be because you take I think the away XFL would have that douchebag. Wayne, is it Wayne? What's his name? What's his Vince McMahon? Vince McMahon. Uh. That dude is. Uh, let me just say, let me just say real quick. I'm getting into angry Quinn for one moment. That guy, that guy can get, get hit by seconds. a car and live. And and I want him to be. I, he deserves. No one deserves to be paralyzed, but he deserves to be paralyzed. Yeah, I'm gonna say that's that. Quinn, go man, that's that's harsh. Wow, that's go watch, harsh. go watch the video of him saying the n-word to Dwayne the Rock Johnson on live television, and then tell me he doesn't deserve to be paralyzed. Well, I mean, just I was, get his mouth washed out with, I, with soap and a, and a, you know. He's SOS also a bed. horrible person. So well, yeah, I think he's probably that. not the nicest guy, but. And there's irony with the paralyzation because, you know, it's all WWE toxic masculinity, like I'm ripped and my muscles and I can do flips. And, and so paralyzed, you know, it's just, there's some irony there. So that's why I said that. And I apologize. Obviously, I don't want anyone to But be think paralyzed. about what his new wrestling name could be if he's paralyzed. They call me Wheels. Sir X. <laughs> you'd, have to, you'd have to get with Carl Lumbly and Oh, hold on. I just got an email from the Mantis. handicap community. They're yeah, not really. happy with us. They're no, yeah, I'm about to get oh, heavy canceled. Sam, do you fantasize? Nope. All right. See, <laughs> does it, nope. He's at the top of the list for the will. Exactly. <laughs> Sam, straight, Sam straight, you, nope. have, you have vaulted to the top. Of course, do being in the, the will. Coins? No, being in the will basically means that all of the accumulated mess y'all have to clean up and go through. But why did he save this? Why do we still have this? That's really what will, it means. In the will, I get all of my sports trophies that I just right. never, yeah. all, <laughs> never all picked the, all up. All the stuff from the that house. you abandoned, uh, you know, you get, you get it. Um, no, I just despise fantasy sports. I just think it's I'm not a fan. I think it also takes away. To, it, I'm you look. I'm all for you know watching other teams and and watching you know other athletes that you know aren't on your on your on your team perform but it does take something away from from fandom in my opinion of 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 you and your team um because you're essentially rooting for other teams and other situations and scenarios and i don't know and i get a little tired of you know espn half of their content these days is you know having some dude talk about who you should start and who you should sit on your fantasy league it's like oh i remember when you guys used to actually do sports reporting break down games um you know have quality analysis um and not just personalities and pundits um trying to make you money on your like offshore you know gambling account that you're that you're running so (laughs) exactly i don't know i would only play fantasy sports for um video game teams i would do a fantasy team of video game players that would be the only thing i would do that's an interesting idea oh it's coming listen i i had a friend that with esports stuff yeah yes i will do a fantasy esports team that's that's what i'm going to introduce that's like one more level removed from actual physical activity (laughs) (laughs) you know now my my favorite all-time i had news they did fantasy nascar oh God. I, I know. Yeah. Imagine that one. And that must be on Lisa's side of the family. No, actually not. You know what the weird thing is? Uh, 
Indian dude, like born and raised in London, like huh. who was wow. totally into fantasy NASCAR. NASCAR. Well, I and mean, what if he he probably had uh, interest in like you know Formula One and and and, and kind of other maybe racing sports. Maybe and that kind of I don't transition know. into that. I, don't I just know. don't understand how you go from Formula One to NASCAR. It's like oh man, look at that like, this crazy, well built, wealthy, beautiful looking machines, I don't know. and like the exciting courses all over the world, and the incredible personalities and figures. You know, like Lewis Hamilton yeah, you know, and Mercedes. I'm, I'm sorry, and, always, and then you go to NASCAR, and it's like okay, cool. So um, wait, so you're saying Talladega in- isn't the same as Monaco? No. It is not. And also, it's a lot more racist. So there's that. Well, I will say, okay, so the, the locations aside, I, I've often been critical of NASCAR, but I think it's like any motorsport. It's like when you, when you get down to it, uh, I mean, oval tracks are just, they are a little boring. I'll give it's you that. But boring. just the, the calculations that you do have to take, when, when, you, when you have somebody who understands the sport, like I worked with a guy who was very into it, and he could explain – it's like, yeah, he's pitting too early because now he's going to have to get too much gas. That's going to mm-hmm. give him too much weight. All these decisions, I do find that interesting. I just think that probably Formula One or something like Le Mans is like yeah. a higher level of For that. Mans, than, there's um, no argument. Le Mans is. You know. I've yeah. been to a Le Mans race. What? Yeah. Uh, back when I was a kid, we had a, a, one of my friends, his mom worked for BMW. So we got passes and got to go. To not the, the Le Mans race. Not like, yeah, yeah. A Le Mans circuit. Oh, oh, like a circuit. Oh, oh. I was like, you were, yeah. went to, Le- that's no, 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 insane. No, 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 How was that no, not no, your no. top sports moment? Dude? I literally <laughs> forgot about that. I mean, it was incredibly loud and I had no clue what was going on. I was just really like what all the cars look like, but, um, it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. I have to plug the, the F1 docuseries. Yeah, it's very good. It's so good. You know, if you like hard knocks, you like that kind of content, go watch up one. All right. My other famous fantasy thing is, you know, everybody does the basketball. You know, you, you do a bracket, right, back when we had a tournament? Yes. Um, my, my favorite moment, this guy, you know, it's like everybody where – this place I used to work, we had a huge one. And it was like 10 years running, and every year it would come out, like the guy who organized it. You, you When you got the, the email about it, it came with the – like the complete history of every year, like a blow by blow accounting of who won in every year. And it was like very well done. You kind of looked forward to, to that. So everybody would get into it. I mean, you know, you'd have like every, literally everyone in the company playing like two or three different brackets and, and it's basketball, right? Mm-hmm. So that ends. And of course that, that, that was the year that I won it all and Carolina won the national championship and I won it picking Carolina. It's like, you don't get much more awesomeness oh, than awesome. that. And then this guy who was like the, you know, like financial dude, um, who was all into golf, he comes up like the next week. It's like, Hey everybody, I know everybody's going to be excited about this because of your, you know, the basketball bracket. I'm doing a master's bracket. And I'm like crickets. Wah, wah, wah. I'm like, how do you do a golf bracket? Yeah. I'm good anyway. on that. I will say great memory. And this is like pre-internet, maybe the internet is, is what really is ruining sports. The best thing about the tournament, and this is like predating all of you. Like, so before the internet, you would, uh, you'd have to find a reason to like either take work off or play hooky and you would go places to watch the games because they did not have, you, you couldn't like, you couldn't watch all the games at once. Like you right. You couldn't watch them yeah. on the internet. You'd go, mm-hmm. to play, Oh, that was the most fun. Go to, where, where where were some of the places you would go? Like well, you go. The, or, the best was three dollar down on yeah. Beach Street, which is now yeah. not open anymore. I know. But they used to like the smart thing one company did is like they 
like rented one of these event facilities and like oh, had brilliant. catered lunch and internet access. So you could uh, pretend you were working, pretend you were at work. We've got uh, dial up. <laughs> yeah. I think it was, uh, no, they, I think they had like an ISD in line Ooh, <laughs> back then. So yeah, y'all missed uh, <laughs> the, like we are nerds. You're, I know. you're a nerd back off. Back off. I almost had to. It's funny. I almost I thought I was going to have to get access to a VPN so I could watch the regional broadcast of Atlanta United while I was in Chicago last week, but I had a, I got around it so I didn't have to do any kind of VPN action. So wait a minute. Clay getting technical? Why mm-hmm. can't Clay? You know, I see I, you. Man. Fun fact if you go get, uh, if you get just a free, I think it's Browsec. Uh, Chrome extension VPN, mm-hmm. you can get free access to Netherlands, uh, you know, IP address. So you can go watch Netherlands content on Hulu and Netflix because they have a different assortment of content. So I experienced some of service, that when I was in the Netherlands in the spring. They've got Rick and Morty. They've got a whole different uh, mm-hmm. uh, thing. So you mm-hmm. can go see see if there's something in there you like. So yeah. Well, awesome. No, 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 uh, no better place to uh, no better place to. To end uh, this week's podcast, then uh, our setup for a, a cease and desist letter from uh, from Netflix. So uh, that's always good. Well, as always, guys, good talk. Uh, good good talking to you. Um, and uh, now we can uh, we can all go and not watch any sports that are not on television this week. So. We we do. I think the NBA is uh, yeah. They're, back, everything's so back. They everything's had, back. They, had, they had games games last night. The Lakers bounced Portland and excited um, to see the end of the Mavs Clippers series. Um, I yeah, hope, so there's, I there's hope still, the Mavs can come there's back. Some, there's sports. You know, I think the Braves are actually playing right now. You've got some interesting stuff going on in international soccer right now. If you guys want some soap opera, Lionel Messi after 20 years at Barcelona oh, yes. is uh, is I'm sorry. Say that again. His request to Barcelona. Barcelona. You mean Barcelona? Barcelona. No, Barcelona. Barcelona. Um, so yeah, that's it. I'm interested to see how that shakes up. Uh, arguably the greatest uh, international football player of all time. I think Lee he wants to go to Man City, right? I think he will end up at Man City, but there is a legal issue, legal dispute going on right now uh, because of a, a release clause and then uh, a clause that he has. It, it, it's You can go ahead and read it. Um, there's a million articles about it. I do not need to get into the explanation, but um, always, always sports storylines. Always, even if there aren't matches or games, there's always sports stories. Clay will be Clay will be reading or watching something. He'll find it, sniff it out. Mm-hmm. Good times. All right, guys. Well, um, we'll see you next week. Love you. Love you too. Go heels. Unite and conquer. <laughs> Love you. All right, down the line. Ride the line. Ride the line. It's ride the line. We got to ride the line. All right, we're riding it. We've got uh, we've got Quinn's t-shirt. Yes. Yes. Everyone has their merch. All right. See you next time. Last word. Last word. Last word. Last word.